I'm Garth Marenghi, author, dreamweaver, visionary, plus actor. You are about to enter the world of my imagination. You are entering my dark place. to uncanny cinema and welcome to this year's slate of halloween films uh, and series i guess i should say uh, halloween media for the spookening so the last couple years we have done um a, a lot of halloween movies each year um last year i know we went up to six i can't remember how many we did the year before but uh we're doing six again this year and so these will come out. The first will be like very tail end of September. And then it will be one a week throughout, uh, you know, all the weeks of October. And then the final week of October, like right before Halloween, like that weekend, uh, I'll drop the final episode. So the uh, first thing we're going to look at actually is not a film. We are going to look at a TV series from 2004 called Garth Marenghi's Dark Place. Um, this has attained cult status over the years. Um, it's uh, definitely got uh, its uh, share of rabid defenders and fans, some of which are currently on the show, I believe. Uh, but yeah, so this is like uh, has definitely become like a cult classic. Um, a lot of people really love it. It only lasted for one season of six episodes, which is like, what, 99% of British TV? <laughs> but uh, there's only <laughs> Take one that season. England. Hey, they don't know how to do it over there. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, they uh, they only did one season and then it was canceled or just not renewed or whatever. Um, it features a ton of people you would recognize, however, uh, especially if you are a fan of comedy and more specifically British comedy. It was directed by uh, Richard Iowati uh, and written by him and Matthew Holness, and both are listed as the creators of the show. So Ayoade, uh, you would recognize from The Mighty Boosh, Snuffbox, and most famously, the IT crowd or IT crowd, depending on how you want to pronounce that. And then uh, Wholeness uh, was in Haunting a Blind Manor, Time Trumpet, and various other shows. Um, Ayoade plays uh, Dean Lerner, who's kind of like the, the second uh, secondary character, uh, second major character. And then Matthew Wholeness plays Garth Marenghi himself. Um, and also in this is Matt Berry, who uh, he uh, so he plays another character called Todd Rivers. And then Alice Lowe plays Madeline Wool. So it's basically like four key people. Uh, Matt Berry was in What We Do in the Shadows, Mighty Boosh, Snuffbox. The TV show specifically. Yeah. Uh, TV show and then uh, It Crowd, IT Crowd, whatever. And then Alice Lowe, um, she's done a number of things but uh the more prominent things is she was in an episode of black mirror she the bandersnatch episode and then she wrote and directed and starred in a horror movie called prevenge about a mm. woman who was pregnant 
uh, and has uh, believes that her fetus is trying to get her to commit revenge for the death of her husband. Um, and I watched that one a couple Halloweens back, and it's it's pretty good. It's worth watching. Hmm. Um, and then some guest stars that show up on the episodes: Julian Barrett and Noel Fielding of the Mighty Boosh both make appearances in different episodes, as does Stephen Merchant. Um, so, so those are some of the prominent people. And then there's probably a few other faces that you might recognize from like character roles and things like that. Uh, beyond that, it originated as Garth Marenghi's Fright Night and Garth Marenghi's Netherhead uh, as stage shows before they ended up, you know, taking it to TV. And it was broadcast on Channel 4, Britain's Channel 4, and then later showed on the Sci-Fi Channel and Adult Swim. And I think Adult Swim is certainly where a lot of the American audience has uh, gotten to know. I, I had no idea it was ever on sci-fi, but apparently it was. Hmm. Um, beyond that, plot-wise, it is set up as... So it came out in 2004. <clears throat> it's parodying sort of like box set, box DVD sets of shows, uh, like retrospective shows. So there will be interviews and sort of like behind the scenes stuff like they would do a lot, especially when DVD was in its infancy. Um, so with the the cast of the fictitious Garth Marenghi's Dark Place, and then within that framework, Garth Marenghi's Dark Place is a 1980s show that lasted a very short run. Um, I think they say it only ever aired in Peru. Like they never <laughs> aired it you know, in England or anything. It's supposed to be you know British, but uh, never aired there. Um, Garth Marenghi is presented as a Stephen King-like character, although much more inept and uh, has a lot <laughs> more character flaws. I also saw something, um, I can talk later, there's kind of a spinoff, and there was an argument that he was also being, certain elements of his personality are seemingly like Harlan Ellison. Harlan Ellison was a famous cantankerous sci-fi horror fantasy writer, um, and we talked about him on the episode where we looked at those two Outer Limits episodes um, and James oh, Cameron yes. Terminator and how James Cameron almost certainly stole from Harlan Ellison and many other people, uh, although I'm not a lawyer, so don't hold me to that. Uh, so, uh, so, yeah, so Garth Marenghi is likely at least somewhat inspired by Harlan Ellison and then Stephen King for sure um, and probably a few other people that they likely mixed and matched. Uh, but yeah, that's basically it. We're you're watching the fictitious show from the '80s with these wraparound segments throughout, um, and then what we see is like six episodes in length, and then that's it. That's all we get for the show. It was canceled. There was talk in like 2005 or six of possibly doing a movie, and then it just uh, never happened. But we can talk more about that kind of stuff uh, as we go along. So not a whole lot else uh, to say on the front end, so we can dive into our cast here. Um, first up, we've got uh, a gentleman who's been trying to get me to watch Garth Marenghi's Dark Place for about a decade. Uh, he told me about this years ago, and I was like, oh, yeah, you know. And I would have watched it. It just totally fell off my radar. And then only recently, someone else brought it up, and I was like, oh, we'll do it on the show. And so... Uh, Ryan is here, uh, finally getting to uh, getting me to watch this and uh, getting to be on the episode for this show that he quite enjoys. Hello, I am the victor. <laughs> what a day for you. <laughs> um, and uh, also here's Jack. 
<laughs> I deserve that. That's great. Greetings, Linton. Hey, I just run out of thing, ways to introduce you, so sometimes <laughs> you just have to fuck with you. Because so. I'm on so many episodes. Suck it, Eric. True. You are. You're, you're gaining right now because um, he's not here. And then uh, totally swathed in darkness from uh, some kind of like underground bunker, uh, we have our good friend uh, Steve um, rejoining us here, who's on uh, Revenge of the 90s and uh, some sort of baseball podcast or something. I don't know, the California Penal League or whatever the hell you're doing. That's right. Um, yeah. But uh, it's been on a number of our episodes and uh, often requests to be put on something actually good. And so uh, here he is. I believe he quite <laughs> enjoys this series. I do. I do appreciate that you that you put me on. Greetings, travelers, <laughs> as Garth might say. I think as he does say. All right. So uh, so that's our cast for this episode. Um, you know, this is we've done a number of comedies throughout the the run of the show, but you know, we we often are doing more bizarre things, doing bad movies. We're doing horror movies fantasy and sci-fi we dig into a lot of um you know uh like makeup effects and special effects and that kind of stuff world building when we do comedy episodes it's it's a lot about talking about what was funny so uh strap in for that i'm sure we'll talk about (laughs) world building and stuff but that's going to be a lot of what this will be i'm sure um but uh you know if you're a fan of the show uh you know we might just uh touch upon some of your favorite bits and if you haven't seen the show it might just whet your appetite to go seek it out. So uh, we will just open up the floor here. What do we make of Garth Marenghi's Dark Place? It's the best. I love the show. It's pretty good. I'm crazy. Yeah, about I had it. like a, I had like a period in 2006 where I think it was like freshman year of college where I think my roommate got me into it, and that was like that that defined our entire 2006 sense of humor. Because we it, would, it was just constant Matt Berryisms and trying to like do the voice and just constantly looking at each other and just being like you two were buddies like something you know something stupid like that so uh, and I hadn't watched it I I don't think I had watched it since so it's been a long long time um, so I was I was very pleased to be able to revisit it's it's good I would say this what uh, only thing I would say about it other than uh, that I love it is that. Uh, I'm almost glad that it was only six episodes because I feel like mm, the bit yeah. wears itself fairly thin by the end of it, where it, it yeah. almost kind of feels like what what more could they have yeah. done here? But uh, but I do like it quite a bit. Ryan, I also enjoy it. <laughs> this could be a great episode. <laughs> uh, hey, you wanted me to watch this for a decade. Start talking. Uh, I like that it's like a spoof of that uh, Danish Kingdom Hospital show. Yeah, I uh, I picked up on that. Um, What has anyone heard of the Kingdom or Kingdom Hospital? No, even King remade it. It's yeah. So so I didn't know anything about Dark Place. I think Ryan, you might have shown me a couple clips, you know, way back when. Um, but so when it started, I didn't know what I knew that I knew the idea of how the show unfolds, but I didn't know what the show within a show, how it was set. And then they're in a hospital and they're doing all this creepy shit. And I was like, oh, wait a minute. This is like the kingdom. Um, so so one thing in like right around the time this came out, actually. So I think it's 2004 or 2005. 2004 is this show. 
but I think 2004, 2005, Stephen King released Kingdom Hospital. So he released a show that was basically this show, but serious. <laughs> so it came out like the same year or a year later um, where oh. it's set. It's like kind of like a Twin Peaks type thing, creepy shit inside a hospital. Um, and I thought, oh, well, that's got to be just totally coincidental. Like, like this show is definitely pulling from King, but I was like, oh, it's got to be coincidental because both shows would have been in production at the same time. And Garth Marenghi was based on like a stage show from the early 2000s, like 2001 stuff. But then I was thinking, well, wait a minute. Kingdom Hospital actually is based on an older show called The Kingdom. It was a remake. And that was by Lars von Trier from the 90s, 94. And I tried to watch episodes of it years ago. I got through a couple and I was just like, I I can't watch this. It was just boring (laughs) to me. A lot of people love it, but it was just very boring. It's like a Danish spooky show, but real i always like when something boring. i always like when something pushes you to your limit and, and forces you to <laughs> like reconsider everything i don't i it's i think it's like six episodes and i just couldn't do it i couldn't wow because i think they were hour longs and they were Oof. slow hour longs and anyway but it is a very revered show a lot of people really like the kingdom and i think it's one of the first things lars von trier did but yeah stephen king ended up remaking it so it's kind of interesting that they almost certainly took the kingdom as a base level for Dark Place, even though it's a 90s show, not an 80s show. And then there's some other elements that I def we can talk about like some of the references. So we can get to that at some point. Cause there's definitely references to other sci-fi and horror properties. So that just to me kind of solidifies that they were almost certainly basing it off of the kingdom as kind of a starting point. Um, but anyway, yeah. What else we got? I want to shout out my friend Chris Truex. Uh, I he had been trying to get me to watch it for many years, and then I finally went and visited him while he was studying abroad in Scotland. And he's like, "All right, you're trapped here. We're gonna watch the show." And I was like, "All right, fine." Uh, and we started watching. <laughs> um, Chris Truex is a gentleman. He would never. Uh, so I just thought it was funny. He said he's, he literally said, "You're trapped here." I know. I know. Um. But, like, I was hooked by, I think, maybe the first shot. Like, the fir- the opening of this show is Garth Marenghi just sitting at a desk it, with all this very moody lighting, and he's reading from his own book, and he's just, like, repeating, blood, blood, blood. 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 <laughs> like, yeah. It's, like, it immediately, succinctly shows you exactly how inept this guy is as a writer. Like, and it does it in a couple of sentences. Uh, this whole show is a work of art. Like, I feel that very strongly. I I love parody. It's my favorite form of comedy. When it's done well, and I rarely see anything done as well as this show is. It is stunningly excellent how bad, or how good they do it badly. Like, it's just so good. So thanks, Chris. You were right. It was perfect. I actually, this show made me super wistful for like monster of the week types yes! of Love that TV stuff. again, mm-hmm. because as like stupid as the show is, it actually does like really fun stories. Like it doesn't just uh-huh. re- like by like midway through the show, it doesn't just rely anymore on like the bit of like, Oh, Hey, you're watching like a really poorly produced show. Like yeah. once you, once you get into like the apes episode, and then, um, like the Scotch Mist, uh, which is like a John Carpenter 
they do the yeah. Halloween theme at the beginning. <laughs> yeah. Oh, um, sure. yeah. But once you get into like those, or, or like in that, like when he's like, I think I like thought it for the first time when he was having that uh, chase in the woods sequence uh, with the ape oh my God. leader. That was when I was like, man, this is like pretty good. <laughs> like where I was like, this is actually like legitimately like I would watch like, like I, I, I guess I just wish the X-Files was still going <laughs> well, that, because well, I just that, miss like that. Well, that chase like just reminded me uh, like as I was watching, I was like, this is like an episode of Knight Rider. Like this is like legit, like what would happen in Knight Rider. <laughs> Somebody right. cha- him chasing down or the Incredible Hulk, you know, uh, but, but you're saying yeah, X-Files. I, well, like, I just, well, I just miss like, I guess I just miss uh, shows that operated in that boundary of like, you have so you, well in this case it used to be like twenty some episodes and you had to do like monster of the week type stuff but it was like still world building and I I miss like shows that that did that that you were relatively in, that you were interested in that did it well yeah whereas now and you can it's only like, rewatch Supernatural so many times dude I'm, I've never seen one episode <laughs> of it and there's no way I'm gonna watch all thirty eight seasons of it so. <laughs> Also, I I do have to say, Steve, that uh, be careful what you're wishing for there, because do you really want the X-Files to come back for another season? I'm I'm ready to be heard again. I am ready to be heard again. (laughs) I will say, I I don't say that to totally trash it, because we we talked about the two seasons they did. Like, there were some great episodes in there. Mm -hmm. The ones that Chris Carter had nothing to do with were very, very good. And the ones that he wrote and directed were some of the worst things I've ever seen put on TV. <laughs> I'm desperate. I am. I, this is off on a tangent. I know this is off on a tangent, but like, I so badly want one day, like, someone to be like, "Hey, James Wan, do you want to make an X Files movie?" And like, it go to Hulu because it's under Fox. Like, you could like make like a Hulu movie for the X Files and like have somebody who's like either an up and comer or a big name in horror to like make it yeah. like where, yeah, like Chris Carter's fingerprints are nowhere near the problem. <laughs> like get him as far away from it as possible. I'm going to just continue this tangent very briefly and we'll go back to dark place. But, uh, Ryan, Jack, did either of you see the newer X-Files seasons or any parts no. of them? Okay. Uh, I was just thinking about this the other day. I know Steve, you watched them, but I was thinking about how ludicrous one of the decisions they made was, which was they brought in to, in the last season, they brought in two newbie people. So like, you know, like 30 something people. So they would be the replacements if they want, if they could continue the show on. It was like so apparent uh-huh. what they're doing. But so they brought in um, the red haired lady from Six Feet Under. I don't remember her name. Mm. Um, but so she came in. And then they brought in this like tall Ken doll looking dude who I don't know. And it was like, okay, clearly Mulder and Scully, like they're just like straight up taking the mold, not changing them, not, not changing the race, not changing the look, nothing. Um, Except, oh, well, she's the believer. I knew it. I knew (laughs) it. And I was like, I'm so insulted as an audience member. Like you're not even trying. (laughs) At least like dog it. You were doing something different. Right. right. <laughs> anyway, yeah, well, yeah, <laughs> I don't, I don't want to relive any of the shit of that last season. So, some of it was good. Yeah, it was. Uh, yeah. All right, but uh, dark place. All right, what do we want to get into here? I could talk about any aspect of it. Yeah, where do it's, we, where do um, we begin here? Yeah, yeah, it's, uh, 
every episode, I, we can talk about the basic like outline of each episode. It always starts out with, like I said, Garth Marenghi, I think in his house, I guess, uh, doing a brief intro to the episode, extolling his own virtues, talking about how great he is and how uh, forward thinking and intense the show was. It was like too intense for TV. And it's really clear <laughs> that it was just a terrible show. Uh, and no one wanted to watch it, but he frames it as, like, they were too scared to put it on public television. Uh, and then he sets up each episode. And the angles, they do the same angles every time. <laughs> like, he'll be at his desk, uh, and then he'll be coming down the stairs, and the the Dutch angle on the stairs is ridiculous. Uh, and then he'll go to a vault, I think, and pull out a film reel that is the show. Uh, and then it'll go into the intro, and the intro is a thing of beauty. It that theme like song, very tw- that theme song is <laughs> so incredible. I, so I now good. have that theme, and it is going on my Halloween playlist. Yes, perfect. As should um, one track lover. <laughs> yes, it should. What was my that, Ryan? Stig Bosvik. <laughs> Whatever his name is, the fictitious composer. Yeah, exactly. So there's this. Uh, it's like a bad keys are playing while he's on a desk that's floating in space and he's writing on a typewriter and this song is playing and again he's talking about uh like welcome to my imagination uh this is my you're entering my dark place and this (laughs) it shows a bunch of clips from the show uh and it is ridiculous my favorite part is when the vocals come in and there's just in the background this deep voices are chanting dark place dark place dark place because <laughs> the show like, opens they, they chop it out yeah. like it, it gets yes! up like it gets i was gonna ask if you guys noticed that yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah it's so good like even in the intro they can't they add broken things like that because the show is genius i do like that the show opens with like the first episode is when you learn that all of this is happening at a, this place called Dark Place Hospital only yeah. because they opened a portal to hell. It's yeah. not yes. <laughs> that, like, it wasn't, like, evil by default be, by the name of the hospital. It was, like, they had to open a portal to hell first, him and his buddy, yep. uh, who, who went yep. insane. Um, but, but, like, I, I like that uh, they open a portal to hell, and then, in like, in the fifth or sixth episode, they've been like, it's been a crazy week here. So you're supposed to believe <laughs> that right. everything that's happened has been over the course of a week. I do like that bit. I think, the, well, the thing that I like, because, like, the first episode, I like a lot. There's a lot of good bits, a lot of good lines that I remember. Um, but it relies really heavily on, like, hey, isn't this, like, it's a parody of, like, a show, of, like, some, of, like, older 80s TV that was, like, underproduced and kind of shitty. But that that's, like, the joke for, like, the first episode and a half, where it's, like, I'm looking at the camera, and it's, like, okay, cool, yeah, that's funny. But like I said, like it really, I think hits its stride in like episode three or four when it starts to be like more about like, like going out on the limb with like the story where it's like everybody's turning into apes or like now there's an episode where we get to just make fun of Scottish people and it's <laughs> there's an eyeball with like, a guy. like there's yeah. an eyeball with a giant sure penis <laughs> <laughs> and like and I like the insinuation of that that like the man was like actually assaulted yeah. by the penis <laughs> okay that yeah. sentence that you just said was wild but in the show <laughs> what happens is so they'll you'll be watching the episode and then they'll cut in interviews from three of the cast members 
uh, Garth, uh, his publisher, Dean Lerner, who is uh, Richard Ayoade, and then uh, Dr. Sanchez, who's played by Matt Berry. Um, and so they're talking about filming that scene, and they're talking about how the actor hated it, and it was very uncomfortable and bad for him. Uh, that's that's what he means. That's so. Yes, I was just going to leave show. it in the dark. There is a uh, very fitting for you right now, Stephen. Um, yeah. But there is uh, no, there is a part where even in uh, so yeah, what happens in that part is there's this giant eyeball monster that is shown initially. It just looks like they're having sex, but then yeah, it, it seems that it was non consensual. But then we find out in the like the behind the scenes segment. Um, like uh, Garth Marenghi is saying how he like closed the set down well for try to make people. everything like, yeah <laughs> try to make you know everything like go as well as possible for the actor who didn't want to do it and then the guy who's in the eyeball costume the line was like he was a man who he knew and until that day trusted <laughs> uh, which I greatly enjoyed. also on that moment which I referred to as monster fucking um, I love, so the, the, this giant eyeball thing, that's this like crazy, I mean, it, it almost looks like it almost, I, I don't know how to describe it. It's like, it looks like a frag it's like the, yeah, well, I was going to say the chicken, chicken McNuggets yes. or something yeah. from McDonald's yes. or fry kid, um, but with a giant eyeball and then it has an enormous penis <laughs> for its body. Just huge. But, yes. but then they pixelate out the dick, but they don't. <laughs> the balls which is perfect touch i love it and my assumption is it's probably because it's british tv they probably could have just done it and gotten away with it and so the pixelation is just done you know for our benefit within the fictional reality of the show but uh, then they talk about a wonderful it they wish they didn't do it or didn't have to do it <laughs> didn't have to do it <laughs> didn't have to they, they talk what's about the censorship how... like over there is it like... well, i know I know nudity is, is often on, well, European TV regularly has nudity. I mean, go back to Monty mm-hmm. Python, Flying Circus, mm-hmm. they would have like bare breasts, you know, in the cartoons and stuff. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah, Europeans don't give a fuck. <laughs> You're a America, Steve. I mean, have you seen That's National true. Lampoon's yeah. European Vacation? PG-13, nudity. Lots of nudity. Yeah, that's true. Ah, Europe. We never should have become <laughs> independent. Dean Lerner was right. They shouldn't have pixelated out that giant dong. <laughs> um, God, he's perfect. Yes. Like he, it's just every time I watch this, I, I, Richard Ayoade is like maybe to me one of the funniest comedic actors in the world. Uh, he has the dry delivery like nobody's business. He can deliver just the funniest lines with the most deadpan face and with the most awkward intonation and i don't know how he does it without laughing at literally everything he says i don't know how they got through a single scene without cracking up because he is so so funny he's perfect did it hurt you how much did it hurt you to watch him in the to see him in that movie the watch (laughs) i haven't seen the watch so not at all oh man well because i was thinking because i've been thinking about like matt berry too where like he's finally getting like he's kind of a moment he's kind of getting a moment in like american comedy yeah and like on american that tv yeah right like people people like in this country are finally like wising up but yes i, f- I feel like like matt barry and like iowati really like because stephen merchant's kind of started to make a he's in a lot of stuff but mm-hmm. i feel like the other two haven't really 
right. had much of like an like a footprint. And it's just so strange up to this point. It's like I mean, I mean, well, I think they... Stephen Merchant had the benefit of like the Office, the British Office became big here, yeah. and then that led into eleven seasons of the American Office. So anyone who liked the American Office would be like, oh, maybe I should watch the original. Mm-hmm. And he was tied into that, and he did the podcast. Well, Ricky Gervais Ricky had that, yeah. Yeah, but I mean, these guys like, um, you know, like the IT crowded crowd, whatever, like mm-hmm. that's become popular here to a point, but it's not like, I don't know, that doesn't like air, that doesn't, you can't like watch that on like just channels here, right? It doesn't air in syndication, does it? I don't think so. I don't know. I, it, it's it's not Netflix. TV anymore. Probably people have PayPal. Yeah. I think that you were just like, does it air on channels? <laughs> it's starting to sound so foreign. <laughs> it is. It like is. It, it like hurt my ears to hear that. <laughs> um, abrasive. But Ayore's uh, uh, character, the whole conceit is so he is uh, Garth Marenghi's publisher, and so he's only in the show because he's like friends with Garth. Um, and he cannot act. Uh, and so every scene that he's in has these like bad cuts between takes and he'll do all these awkward things like look at the wrong place, uh, deliver lines with like no spaces or breathing. He'll get through these crazy long lines and it like almost not be taking a breath the whole time. And so it's wonderful to watch him do that with perfection. And then we find out he probably also killed uh, Madeline Wool. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> right. That's see my. I think my greatest joy of the whole series is just like the many. <laughs> this is probably horrible to say. My greatest joy is the many layers of misogyny that exist. <laughs> yeah. Right. No, for real. <laughs> it's throughout, uh, but there's some great, great jokes attached to it. Oh yeah. Like the episode, I was just. I loved it all, but like God, it just hits such a crazy high when in that ape episode where they just where um, uh, Liz, who play, who's the female doctor, who gets shit on the entire show, the entire um, like, show. Like even if like like if somebody even like yells at her, the next cut is of her makeup running as if she was like bawling her eyes out, <laughs> and like it's all like and like when she makes uh, hot buns for everybody in one episode. And she bends over. Uh, uh, Sanchez is like, I see a few I like. And like, it's well, all just like. She literally goes buns and leans yeah, right. over and the camera like zooms on her butt. It's like, okay, like, great. When she becomes the monkey, like, it's so funny because like they get, she gets like double insulted. Yes. Where like when everybody in the hospital becomes an ape, she's hanging out in D- in Dean Lerner's office, Thornton Reed's office, because the clan rejected her. <laughs> so like, yes. she was rejected from the ape clan. And then she yes. like poops in Daglas's car and like he describes her as like a sick parody of womanhood. As she's like <laughs> yes, yes. like why wow, like monkeying across the floor. It's just ah it's it's oh, yeah, it's, it's it's basically every male character because there's the three central male characters, but they all display it. But the show within a show is written by Garth Marenghi and it's very written and directed and he, he acts in his own show. So it's like if Stephen King was in his own show. So like it's very clear that all of those attitudes are his. They, I mean, they could have been shared by the actors or the characters or whatever, but like it's very clear it's coming from him. 
but yeah, there were a couple moments that I, I mean, there's a lot of like just crazy shit uh, or weird shit, but on that thread, a couple moments that I like, just a very subtle part. They're at a funeral and uh, <laughs> someone died. I can't remember who died. It was his, Larry. it was his friend. It was the guy who yeah. opened the portal with him. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, so they're all there. And, and Dean, yeah. who is like the head of the hospital is there with Alice, who uh, is, is the, uh, she's a doctor. Right, Liz. Yeah, she's yes. a doctor. She got an okay. A. Okay, so uh, so she's powers. So uh, he's there with uh, with her, and just like at the tail end of a scene, as Garth Marenghi is leaving, <laughs> Dean is comforting Alice at the funeral, and then reaches down and just gently oh, grabs her ass. <laughs> and it's a very subtle <laughs> moment on screen, but it's uh, a very yeah, solid subtle. touch. And I don't then, know if subtlety is in this show's repertoire, really. I feel it's I know, I feel it's subtle in terms of like it the camera doesn't direct you to it. It's not making a big sure. show. Like it's literally like right before the camera cuts. Yes. And yeah. So it's just like his hand like moves down and you think like, oh, he's like giving her a hug because she's like in tears. <laughs> and if you because like Garth is walking toward the camera, so if your focus is on him, you won't see it. Um, yeah, and then the other is uh, is a line that I greatly liked, where like Garth does actually feel bad for dressing her down in one episode, and at the he has these monologues to himself on the <laughs> hospital uh, like uh, roof, uh, like every, at the end of each one, and so he's uh, he feels bad for whatever he did in that particular episode, and he says, "Tomorrow I'd tell her she'd lost weight or that her hair looked nice, whichever seemed more plausible." <laughs> <laughs> that's a pretty fantastic well, the, line. well and the other line too is that him and sanchez are on the roof and she he like yells at yes, her yes and she yes. leaves and sanchez is like you're too hard on her and she and he's like i know i really should go easy on her or something like that but he's like but i'm just not that attracted to her or something. <laughs> just i just don't find her physically yeah. attractive yeah. Yep. and sanchez <laughs> is like you're right <laughs> <laughs> oh it's so hilarious well, um and even like a like one of the little behind the scenes bit where he's talking about how like uh, i i have i always wanted a son and i'll never get one because my wife's too old <laughs> yes, <laughs> yeah. yes. Yeah. and i like that he's i like that he garth mentions that his daughters are against him yeah. that like he's yes. got three daughters but like he hates it because none of them are on his side <laughs> yes and and the like misogyny continues into the uh the interviews and stuff because I think her name's Liz. Liz is the uh the character's name. Yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um she Oh, I don't know what the fake actor's name is though. Is that who Alice is? Madeline. It gets Wool? hard to keep track yeah, because a- what is it? Alice is the real actor. She plays Madeline okay. Wool, who is playing Liz. Okay, yeah. it gets confusing because they're everybody's got two names because there's their actor name and then their character's name. Anyway, she's not in any of the interviews, so she can't even speak up for herself. <laughs> uh, she can't like defend herself in any way, uh, which is like continuing the joke. Um, but you find out like. You just, it's never brought up until either the second to last episode, I think it's the second to last episode, but it's like way towards the the end of the show that they're like, oh yeah, she's uh, missing presumed dead (laughs) with an emphasis on presumed dead. Uh, So she's not there, uh, which is, continues to be funny because, you know, in inside the episodes, they would just be awful to her. And then outside the episode, 
they also just continue to be awful to her. Like it's like Oh, and Dean Dean Werner makes comments that very much point to him knowing the circumstances of her death or being directly yes. responsible. Yes. Uh, like he says I can't remember what he says something that she was uh like a candle walk. in the wind. Unreliable. Unreliable, <laughs> yes. So that's like the first thing where he just like makes this like very cutting remark. And it's, it's so in awful. that episode. So good. And then yeah, then uh then, like, when the interviewer is asking about, um, oh, do you think she's uh, she's still alive? Oh, no. No, I'm sure. <laughs> um, and then he gets very specific about where he believes her, 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 her would be dead. Like, would be. Yeah. yeah, it's so funny. Oh, I do God. love it. I like the total lack of self-awareness. Uh, yes. I, I mean, like, from the Garth Marenghi character to Dean Lerner to, like, it's weird because like you have to like adjust it for a second to be like when you're watching it you're like okay so nobody knows this is bad like the show yes. like the show has like really weird like cuts or like the the blocking's <laughs> really weird like when um Thornton Reed and Garth talk they're really different in their heights and so like when they talk really close like he's like uh Reed is like standing right over his like head and he's like looking up like straight it's just like really funny like a child yeah it's like really strange to like orient yourself to it a a little bit to where you're like oh okay so like they think this is like edgy dangerous tv and nobody involved seemed to think otherwise there's there's a few there's a few points where it kind of creeps in of some kind of self-awareness or at least external like how the rest of the world views it because dean lerner comments of like people saying that his acting was terrible yeah. he's like the mean ones or something like that <laughs> he's like, aware that like critics trashed him and then matt barry's character when they're talking about dean uh dean's acting you know show within a show he was like saying oh it's terrible it's the worst <laughs> i've ever seen he, he couldn't act with people he couldn't act on his own but <laughs> yeah. but then he like either I, it's hard to tell how he's playing it if he's supposed to then be deluded or if he's trying to cover up because he's on a dvd commentary thing but he's like oh but it plays great on screen <laughs> like so mm-hmm. there's there's a little bit where it seeps in at least with That's that true. guy's acting that they're supposed to be aware that he's terrible but what's funny what's funny is like even in the garth Marenghi, like so so he thinks he's like this fantastic writer and he's made this like tremendous show that like is is light years ahead of anything else being made. But then even within the show dark place in the episode where you, it's revealed that he has a, or had a son that was a grasshopper, half grasshopper, half half human. (laughs) There's like a flashback with him and his son and his wife playing like badminton. And Garth Marenghi is like beating his ass in badminton, (laughs) but then getting like really mad that the kid won and like tearing down the net. And like, it's really funny to be like, I don't know. It was just silly to me that he would like then put in a scene of him being mad at his son in like a flashback. Scene. I actually, thought, I think it's, I think, I mean, may, the kid might have won, but he splits his pants. He sits down and he splits oh, his man. pants, and then like On the, the ball, kid and right. the mom both laugh, and that's when he freaks out. So he's being laughed at, and that's when right. he like screams at his child. So good. Oh my god! Yeah, I, I let me ask you guys this. In that, ep- I don't know why I keep bringing up this episode, the ape episode. W- were any of you guys next generation watchers Star Trek? Mm-hmm. I've yeah. seen Do you... stray episodes. 
Yeah, there's a, there's an episode, and I don't know if you guys remember this one. There's an episode where like everybody on the Enterprise turns into like it ends up being like maybe not a dream or something, but like basically everyone on the Enterprise starts turning into like different types of monsters. And I not like, remember this. Picard is the only one at the end who's left, but like everybody on the Enterprise has become like some version of a monster. And that was that's it. I felt so much like this episode, so I was wondering if like that one maybe was like the uh, influence on it. Yeah, it might Entirely be. Possible. Um, but it's also very much Planet of the Apes. Yeah, yeah. I was just yeah. like, what what other references did we pick up on that we think that's one I didn't catch? But I'd say for the time period and the kind of things they're pulling from, it's entirely likely. So what what other uh, you know this way gets us away from just talking the jokes? We'll come back to the jokes, but uh, yeah, what are some other like pop culturey things we think they're pulling from? Well, we said John Carpenter. Sorry, I'm like reading through my notes. Scotch yeah, Mist. John Carpenter. John Carpenter. Did. Scotch yes. Mist is definitely the fog. Um, yes, where there's and they do the uh, Halloween uh, like they do like the motif. Yeah. yeah, Halloween theme at the beginning, and they have uh, yeah Scottish. You know, guys coming out of the fog like the pirate ghosts, or out of the mist like the pirate ghosts in the fog. Carrie, yes, so much oh, Carrie okay. in the Hell Hath No Fury episode, or sorry, sure. Hell Hath Fury. I could see that. Um, the opening credits pull from the Twilight Zone. Yeah, I so, see that one. Um, there's like a space background, and he rips a piece of paper up, and it looks like the door. <laughs> It's in the center of the screen, like the white door in the Twilight Zone. There's an eyeball floating and some other stuff. So that's all like original. Except Twilight you can Zone. clearly see the strings on all of those things in that intro. I think you can probably <laughs> see the strings in the original Twilight Zone as well if you look close enough. Yeah, probably. I mean, I love the show, but it's probably there. <laughs> right. <laughs> um. Yeah, so the Planet of the Apes, I feel, especially when they had, like, the gorilla ones, like, that were, like, militant looking. That's yes. right. Great, exactly. Yeah. Great Planet of the Apes. Um, there's one that uh, that I think has to be. Um, so when there's a there's a part where um, what happens where the guy ends up being just a head? How does he get to, he gets torn apart by something? The first episode. He explodes. Okay. He explodes, and so he's just a head, and then there's, like, other limbs there, and he's still alive, and Garth's like, we've got to stop the bleeding. (laughs) You know, they play it for, you know, crazy laughs there, and then the guy wants to be put out of his misery, and Garth gets a shovel. (laughs) He's going to tumble him to death. But what's really fun about that bit is it's played, like, super dramatic, very heartbreaking it goes to slow-mo and it has this like soft beautiful music that is so twin peaks that is mm. like straight twin peaks kind of moment and so i feel and, and the credits at the end of several of the episodes have that similar kind of soft music playing over things and the end credits of twin peaks had like very pretty music to go out of every episode so i feel that they're didn't the hulk that. too didn't like the hulk always have like sort of a sadder yeah the sad yeah. walk away <laughs> Yeah. So it was, it, it, that must have been more of like, a, like of the times kind of thing. Like a lot yeah. of shows back then had sort of that weird credit sequence. Oh, and then uh, the books, the books he has, like we see some of the books on his bookshelf or when he, mm-hmm. he like is reading from them. 
the Garth Marenghi name and the style of the lettering on like the titles and stuff is very clearly pulled from the way they marketed Stephen King books. So, oh, like, yeah. so anyone who's watched Stranger Things knows how the Stranger Things logo looks. If you don't know, the Stranger Things logo is basically just straight ripped off of old Stephen King books. So if you look at like old books of The Stand or Carrie or whatever, they had a very specific font that they used for like all of them in the 80s. And I don't think this used the exact same font, but it used a very similar kind of thing in the show. I was so I would have killed to find on Etsy because I looked, but I couldn't find anybody who had made like because the one episode when he reads his own book. Like he yes. reads the Garth Marenghi book to like make sure yeah. that um, Liz can't read his thoughts. He, <laughs> yes. It's like a really cool paperback of like his book Slicer, which he did yes. four because the fourth the fourth Slicer book yeah. is some knife through a dude's head. Oh, yeah. And <laughs> <laughs> through his like throat. Um, <laughs> but I, I was like, oh, please tell me somebody made like the wrapping for an old paperback. But That'd be sweet. Alas, nothing. All right. Well, but Steve, I, will... I was going to save this to later. But I know uh, this. I know this fact. Okay. Yes. Tell us. 2022 Holness announced an anthology novel entitled Garth Marenghi's Terror Tome, which is written in character as Marenghi and presented as one of the character's own works, which Marenghi began working on in the 1980s. It will also be released as an audiobook narrated by Holness in character and is due to (laughs) release in November 2022. So uh, they are continuing this in some form. And like, I got to say, after having watched the show, I am very much intrigued and might have to track it down once it comes i am getting that book that sounds incredible i didn't really i mean the audiobook would be fun i don't know if that would get like too (laughs) tiresome but like i totally am gonna get that book (laughs) that's a good halloween costume too by the way to do like merengue with like his eye child (laughs) (laughs) like get that that would be pretty solid i watched the first episode with uh a couple friends of mine liz and eric uh and there's a moment where uh, Marenghi goes and takes a shower and comes out in this very <laughs> short bathrobe. And he's talking to the two uh, other characters. And they're also wearing something weird. I can't fully remember. But we were like, oh, my gosh, this would be a perfect group Halloween costume that would be, like, real subtle. But then people who would know would be like, perfect. There's so many possible excellent Halloween costumes from this series. I I feel like, I mean, what is, like, the barometer on this show? Like, I mean, clearly this is why it's on this podcast, but, like, right. I feel like Dark Place has a fairly decent, like you said, Linton, like, because it was on Adult Swim and, like, Sci-Fi Channel. I feel like it's done I think fairly, it has, a, my, my assessment, because I, I mean, Ryan told me about it probably, that was probably the first I heard about it, and that was about 10 years ago, and I've known of it for a long time, um... And I occasionally might hear it referenced, but I think, Jack, I think you were motioning when I mentioned this at the beginning of the episode. I think you mentioned it randomly some months ago, and I was like, oh, we should do that, you know, do it for Halloween. But I will say one strike against it, not uh, against the quality of the show or anything, but, like, as far as, like, pop culture things, I don't think it's, like, caught on in a way that, like, it's become bigger than the thing i think it's still like sort of this like secret thing of like oh you gotta watch Mm -hmm. this show compared to something like say uh over the garden wall which is a show that came out when it came out and people and some people enjoyed it but i think it has grown since then and there's like Mm -hmm. people do art of it and there's t-shirts and stuff like i've never seen any like garth merengue styled stuff um Mm, true you know 
I mean, and it could happen. And with this book, maybe that will help it. I mean, I, I would think they could do something. They could do like a straight to streaming movie. Right. I could see that be a thing. I don't think it, I don't think it's big enough for anything to support a theatrical release, but they could release something really good that could catch on as like a one and done movie or, or do a series of something. So, well, especially like now that Matt Berry has like yes. the, the heat. star power. Yeah, he's yeah. got that heat on him. So, like, I feel like I'm going to be very excited to see what he does moving forward because he's kind of got this opportunity. And if it was a dark place, <laughs> maybe Hulu movie, that would be cool. Uh, and is he like, like FX did it? Is he one of the leads of uh, what we do in the shadows? Because I never watched yes. the show. Strong recommend on that mm-hmm. show. It is a great show. I, I mean, like it's right up your alley. Four. I've seen the yeah, movie, season, but I've never watched it. season. Three or four now? Yeah. Four the show four. might be better than the movie. I mean, it's excellent. Like, I would say the well, show is better so than good. the movie. Yeah. I, I, like, when we wa- when I watched the movie originally, it was like, Chris and I watched it. Like, we both enjoyed it, but we felt like it had, like, a ton of hype built up. Like, so we watched it six months, a year after it came out or something. And we were like, yeah, that was good. But we weren't mm-hmm. just thinking, like, that was the greatest comedy we've seen in years kind of mm-hmm. thing. So I think that's part of the reason I've never checked out the show like i assumed it would be good but a show is just more of a commitment as we know um but i've you know i always hear good things uh, yeah i mean it's probably from it's probably like one of if not the best sitcoms on tv at this point like easily i could see that yeah it's it's so funny matt barry is incredible in it he just his whole swagger his voice is unreal like even from the IT crowd, as soon as he became the boss, it was like, "What is this man's voice? How does this strange man have this incredible voice?" And he just—how much of that is an act too? Like, have you seen him in interviews? Does he just always I never have? And I'm so, like—I've heard a few interviews. He's it. The voice he did an interview on like British TV once, where, well, I mean, he's done plenty, but like the one I saw was he was speaking normally, and somebody was asking him about the voice, and they were like, "How do you do it? Can you say?" You're watching X channel, blah, blah, blah. And he, like, snaps into doing the voice. But, like, you can hear it, like, latent a little bit. Yeah. But, like, it's it's just like a cartoonish. Is it just kind of like Maria Bamford where, like, she sounds that way and then just does a very exaggerated version? um, Yeah. Like Bobcat Goldwyn. Yeah. Well, the thing, too, you were talking about, like, like, entering, like, pop culture, like, beyond the show. Like, when he would, last season, he was this character called, like, Jackie Daytona. Um, (laughs) And... That was the first time for what we do in the shadows where like it was like a character that like went beyond okay. just like people who watch the show because like it was all over like social media and the internet for a little while. Oh, yeah. Like this like silly character, Jackie Daytona, which means <laughs> nothing amazing. to you. But, uh, it, <laughs> so, but trust me, it's great. Uh, all right. Well, so back to jokes. All right. What are some <laughs> of our favorite bits? It was that we haven't well, already discussed. It was filmed in Dean's garage. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's what they claim, yeah. Garage. Garage. <laughs> yeah, so yeah. Did they sit like how like the entire show was filmed in his garage. He said he had a very large garage. It was... yes. <laughs> they certainly seem to imply that. Uh although watch looking at all the sets, it's clearly not possible that that's the case. Um but that is there's so many little delightful things like that. Uh, like um, all of the credits at the beginning of the show 
say that uh, the music is by who? Can you say the name again, Brian? Bosvik or something. Yes. Uh, so it'll say music by Stig Boswick, and then after that it says based on melodies originally whistle- whistled by Garth Marenghi. <laughs> Just like <laughs> perfect. Uh, and I think uh, special effects were done by Dina Matronics. <laughs> which <laughs> it's just these little things pop in there um we've sort of talked about some of the the bad um quote unquote bad because it's done very intentionally and incredibly well but the bad technical aspects of it with like the blocking is awful like there's a character who every time he's in a scene will they'll call for him he'll be off screen and he'll take a giant step onto screen and just stand there awkwardly and then take the exact same giant step back <laughs> off screen. Like, all these absurd things. But they don't... They never do the same thing twice, it feels like, as far as visual gags. Yeah. Um, and they also do this weird thing where they ADR yeah, certain people's lines 100% of the time. And mm-hmm. it's like, Matt Barry is ADRing himself. <laughs> so it's like you're watching and it's his... It, the way he's delivering a line is just slightly off, just slightly, and it's they like Garth, Garth Marenghi has some as well where uh, they like Don't do drugs. the tone, the tone of how he's delivering it definitely does not match the tone of how it's recorded, <laughs> like in the scene. So they play with that at times. Look at him; he's got a stick. So if you ever, <laughs> yeah. uh, check it out. Uh, with Dr. Steve Rule, it's a lot of a yes. similar kind of thing. So, I mean, that one is making fun of like public access shows, um, but they're using a lot of the same type of uh, techniques and stuff for this like low rent eighties, uh, mm-hmm. you know, shitty horror show. I guess. I like that Garth Marenghi of... constantly, like without question, will just start shooting his gun in most episodes, <laughs> and I like. Like, I like the, uh, so like, obviously like when he sees like an eye monster, he just whips out his gun and just starts firing, uh, in in a hospital room, which I enjoy. But I also love the implication in like the ape episode when he's got like his revolver and he's like missing a bullet and he's like, oh yeah, I shot Duncan earlier. And then like, but, but then to get to like where he needs to be, he just starts firing on all the people in the hospital. And I love the joke of that because it's like, those are still people he's trying to save. Those are like his coworkers. Yes. And he's just like laying waste. <laughs> well, there's another great, great gun bit. Yeah. He just, uh, they're all doctors. Um, but yeah, he just randomly keeps a gun on him with no explanation. And, but so does Matt Berry. Matt Berry's character also carries a gun. Two. This is one of my favorite bits and, in the entire show. And so there's a part where like uh, <laughs> utensils and stuff are flying at him, like it's a psychic thing, and it's going after him. And there's a gun that uh, he's losing control of his own gun, and so then he pulls out a second gun from an ankle holster, <laughs> and he uses that gun to shoot his first gun, <laughs> which is an amazing bit. I do like that they gave Sanchez the karate though too, because he always jumps into All the a frame, time. like in like the karate pose. And Douglas always kicks his it's ass. Like, yeah. Well, that's the thing is like I like that like Garth Marenghi wouldn't allow himself that that's right. very like Fast and Furious. To I was me, about ready to say like, it's the Rock yeah. and Vin Diesel. Yeah, where there's like contra- contractually uh, like stated that they can't lose a fight because every ep- every episode Garth like ends up getting the upper hand. 
funny. There's a really and, he, good... and he does punch Liz quite a bit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's <laughs> true. That's true. There's a really good, uh, I would also say, subtle bit. Jack might completely disagree with me again on this, but uh, there's I never disagree bit. with you. Uh, in the very first episode, one of the first things we see, um, I can't remember what exactly it's setting up, but Liz is like walking in the hospital and then um, a cat is supposed to like be walking into the scene and she <laughs> notices it and it starts the plot in some way. But like I had to rewind it because I'm like, oh, wait a second. What did I like? I missed initially what was done. But no, it's just like a stagehand just clearly throwing a cat like not not hard, but like tossing the cat into the scene instead of having the cat actually walk in like they were just like, oh, we got to get it out there. Um, so that was a bit. I was I've always loved like that, that cat's voice too. Just leave the Matt. Just Mary, leave. Like, just leave. <laughs> and, so yeah, well, Liz is a psychic. Sorry, Ryan, were you about to talk? I was just gonna say when Dean callously mentions how the mist killed two tech stagehands. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> And, you know, you just get different people. It's it... the same belt, same hammer in the belt. <laughs> if it's going to kill someone, uh, Stage Channel do. <laughs> <laughs> well, in that episode, I like, I, I do love the, the, like, just complete disdain that they do have for Scotland. Because God, that, that, that episode only exists to make fun of Scotland. <laughs> Where, and like, it's... Uh, I think Sanchez says at one point, he's like, my, my aunt lives in Scotland. She says it's quite nice. And Garth is like, well, she's wrong. <laughs> <laughs> and that episode starts off, again, with the beginning, with Garth Murray reading from a book and setting up the episode. He goes on and on about how this episode's about prejudice and how bad prejudice is. And you think, like, oh, okay, what are they, they going to do? Because this show can't do anything well. And then it's just prejudice against Scots, and it's so so funny and stupid, and makes no sense. Well, doesn't he say that, the episode? Like, doesn't he say the episode where the woman turns into a piece of broccoli is about AIDS? Yeah. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes, absolutely, he does. Um, and I think Scottish it's implied on the AIDS one. I think it's uh, was uh, Dean Lerner. Um, I think it's implied that he was like friends with Freddie Mercury. I think is what we're supposed to believe. I don't. Th- I think what the joke there is that he's saying how much AIDS has impacted him, okay. and he had one person. He's like, I've known so many yeah. people, my cousin, and then you know Freddie Mercury died, well, says, as if like just, that well, personally says, impacted him. He doesn't say Freddie Mercury though. He says Freddie, and so oh yeah, he, right. I, yeah, I think for me it was either your reading of like yeah that they, he had no one, or like he had no one that really that he cared about, or. It was that the show was casually mentioning that he was close friends with Freddie Mercury. I couldn't tell what they were going for. They're both funny. Yeah, exactly. Either joke works. Um, in the Scottish episode, they have these three Scotsmen that come out of the mist. And uh, all of that's wonderful. But I love that whenever they talk, the show puts subtitles up for their... Because they have a Scottish accent, you can understand what they're saying, but the show is implying very heavily, like, oh, let us fix this for you. You can't understand this strange <laughs> tongue that they're speaking. Just wonderful. Oh, and in also, the they say. Defense, they did that for the Beatles in that documentary quite a bit, and it was needed. <laughs> in this, in this, it wasn't. Uh, well, I guess, depending hey, I put, on. I put anyway. subtitles on for anything that has. British people in it. <laughs> Anything. Who knows what they're saying? That might uh, as well be a alien language. 
there's a, a point also in the um, the subtitles. They use the word Highlander, and in parentheses in the subtitles, they just put Scotch person, <laughs> like just as if you might not know. It's just wonderful, it, even in that moment. And he he brings out as uh, they're trying to kill Garth Marenghi because he was mean about Scottish people once, or ordered a hamburger and yelled at them about it because they deep fried it, uh, and. <laughs> As a peace offering, he puts out a bag shortbread. of shortbread. <laughs> oh, I love it. As they crunchily eat All it right. while he talks. Uh, yes. Dialogue. Anything we got uh, dialogue specific written down? Jack's always a big fan of uh, solid Huge. dialogue. I am. And this has got it. Like, I actually wrote down in the beginning that it is impossible to keep track of all the good yeah. lines because oh, yeah. they're almost every line is gold uh to the point where i actually ne never recommend binging this show because it just kind of becomes overwhelming because uh as as steve mentioned at the beginning it is not it's kind of the same bit over and over they like evolve it a little bit but it can just be it's rapid fire mm -hmm. terrible so many visual gags so it's very dense uh, as far as the comedy goes. So I like to watch like one episode at a time and just like let it sink in a little bit. But there are unbelievable amounts of excellent lines. Uh, in the very beginning, when you're being introduced to Liz, she's walking into the hospital and applying for a job. And she very awkwardly is uh, doesn't know what to do with her arms um, and is talking to, I don't know, some random character we, you never see again. And she talks about... How she went to Harvard College, Yale. I aced every semester and got an A. <laughs> <laughs> and then also, you're a woman. Yes, I yeah, hope that's not a problem. <laughs> you're a woman. <laughs> I, I mean, just like, I mean, Matt Berry, just, he elevates every single line so reading. Yes. I mean, and he does that in anything he's in, but like everything yes. he does as Sanchez is just like, <laughs> like even the most like basic, ridiculous line that just could be a throwaway. He just like makes it so absurd. And I, I mean, I like everybody else, but like he just ugh, elevates it. There's a great yeah. line by him that uh, I meant to mention. We were talking the sexism part uh, with uh, where, where we talked about Liz's makeup that regularly <laughs> runs like mascaras yes. running from her crying. And uh, Garth is, this is near the end of the show. And Garth is saying something shitty to her. And um, Matt Berry's character is like kind of defending her, standing up for her because he, he likes her. So that's that's another element of the thread throughout. Um, but then he's like taking her away in this like comforting gesture. He's like, come now, Liz. I hope you reapply your makeup. Oh my god! Uh, so yeah. some of the ones I've jotted down, because um, Garth Mergi himself has a lot of solid lines. I mean, that's that's the co so many creator of this is that actor, um, and so you know he's definitely giving himself a lot of uh, solid stuff to work with. But um, I'm one of the few people you've m met who's written more books than I've read. <laughs> um, that uh, there's uh, this one isn't him, but there's a he's talks to a sick kid at one point in the hospital and the kid said they work you so hard here they should pay you a hero's wage um and that was pretty fantastic 
there are some lines. Uh, he's asking a priest, Garth Marenghi is asking a priest, where does the church stand on the matter of evolution? <laughs> and the priest who is uh, Julian Barrett says, monkeys were created by God to entertain us. That's all we know, Rick. That's all we know. <laughs> Um, and then there's a famous one. I mentioned like that there's not a whole lot of like pop culture presence for the show, but there is one I would say that's out there is there's a meme that is quite popular and has, has been used in a lot of things. Um, so the original version of the meme is this line, which is, I know writers who use subtext and they're all cowards. <laughs> and uh, that changed into, I know blank who use blank and they're all cowards. So that gets used a lot. Mm, that's true. Uh, and then the the last one, the last line, um, I think it's from the last episode, and was one of my favorite lines of Garth Marenghi and of the show, is uh, I think he's talking about the broccoli woman, and um, uh, and Matt Berry's character, I think. Um, but uh, well, there's a there's a lengthy discussion about writing sex in in literature that's really great. There's a lot of great bits between uh, him and the other guy, Dean Lerner, but. Uh, this line is, uh, they tried all the positions on top, doggy, and normal. <laughs> uh, the, the same episode, the broccoli episode, uh, Garth Rungi talking about that episode says, it's my Romeo and Juliet, but less whiny. <laughs> that's a fair critique of Romeo and Juliet. Though. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's, that's dead on. Uh, I also loved when he said, uh, we're doing all we can, but I'm not Jesus Christ. I've come to accept that now. Yes, that's a good one. <laughs> like in the first episode uh, before it starts, it has a, like, a, a caption from King Lear. It was like, uh, this night will yes! transform to fools and madmen, King Lear, page 46. Yes! <laughs> Genius. Uh, and there's so many bits between him and uh, Dean Lerner uh, that are, I don't know, they just play off of each other so well because they are truly rapid firing this dialogue at each other because the point is they have no, like, timing as actors. Like, they're all such bad actors that they just mm. don't. So they're just, like, no space between these things. Uh, but at one point, Dean Lerner goes on this long rant. Uh, and then at the end of it, he says to Garth, understood? And Garth goes, as crystal. Yes. Just beautiful. Oh, yeah. I, I do like those little bits where it was, like, clear that, like, the line reading was different. Yes. When the, the script yes. said otherwise. Yeah. Yes. It's so good. There's two other small moments that I liked. Um, one is probably one of my favorite jokes of the show. But I think it's... Uh, it's very specific for like film and TV fans. So the first one is just when we see in the intro Garth Marenghi and they're like doing this kind of swirling intro where he's at the typewriter. I love that he types with just his index fingers. Yes, yes. <laughs> I, I myself type in kind of a hybrid. I don't do the full on typing uh, thing either. And I think a lot of writers, especially like older writers, didn't learn to type, but it's just a fantastic touch to just see him pecking yes. out. He doesn't even do it quickly. Like, so he's just pecking out the keys at a typewriter incredibly slowly. Um, but the other bit is, uh, I think it's the first episode where they go to the cemetery uh, for the funeral and the shot opens with your scene, just like a, it, it, whatever the scene was before. And then it, the next shot is you're seeing a cemetery and it's just open. There's graves and there's nothing else in it. 
And then Garth Marenghi comes around from like a mausoleum or a corner or something. And he's like 40 feet away. (laughs) And he's walking toward the camera, like at a normal pace, but he's just very far away. So it takes him like a solid 10, 15 seconds to get into the scene, (laughs) to start the scene with Liz. And I thought that was a brilliant bit because if you watch enough old movies, but especially old TV, there's a lot of that kind of shit where they like, they didn't know, like they hadn't figured out yet. Oh, the audience will get it. If like you just show him already (laughs) there, or he walks in for like two steps, the audience is with you. But old shows would have a lot of that filler junk that like, if you watch them now, you're like, Jesus Christ, just just start start the scene. Right. (laughs) So I thought that was a really brilliant uh, bit. Totally. Uh, I've got two more bits and then I'll stop talking about dialogue. uh, Even though I could talk about it for another hour. Um, The Padre, uh, the priest (laughs) is introduced, I think in like the fourth episode Uh, And he's great. You've already mentioned one line by him, but in the last episode, they go talk to him again. uh, And he's got like just several excellent lines. Uh, He says to Garth, you're the most sensitive man I know. And I know God, (laughs) which is just so good. And then at the end of that scene, uh, he they hug because they had an emotional moment. And he says, come on, come to Padre. Embrace the infinite. (laughs) (laughs) Um, another bit that I feel deserves a lot of love is, uh, Richard Ayuade, um, does this whole thing where he's supposed to be on the phone. Uh, he answers a phone that isn't ringing and says, "Uh uh-huh, bye, and hangs it up, says the line, looks back at the phone, picks it up again, immediately hangs up, says another line, then looks back at the phone and says, goodbye and it's <laughs> divine acting like i have no idea how much of that was scripted or was him just messing around his, his is the best i do like dean's so good. uh his like his juxtaposition between like how bad his character is and how he views himself <laughs> yes. I, I like that that that's like one of my favorite bits because like garth Marenghi certainly has like an elevated sense of himself but like it's like his acting is like fine it's like whatever yeah. as like the character in the universe but like I do love that, like, Dean Lerner plays this, like, you know, he's, like, sit, smoking a cigar, like, acting above it all. And, like, yes. tr- you know. He's got a beret. I, I, I always like that. Yeah. When yeah. I, saw it, I saw the trivia somewhere, and I, I don't, I didn't dig into this any further, but supposedly Iowade, like, thought he didn't act well in the show. But I don't know if, like, but I don't know, like, when I when I saw that, I was like, did somebody like misunderstand how he was commenting in a in an interview, or was he making a joke? Um, well, but it's, it's I will say, possible like self-critical and thinking like, oh, no, I suck in that. I don't know. Well, I will say that, like, there seems to be like halfway through the show, like a shift in the way he approaches Thornton Reed, because like at the beginning of the uh, show, he's a lot more like abrupt and obvious in how bad he is, where it's like what you're saying, Jack, where it was like picking up a phone that's not ringing, at, you know, picking it back up, looking really at the camera and like really yes. stunted like dialogue. Yeah. Whereas like later in the in the show he he'll like talk fast and stuff, but like he, mm-hmm. he seems to have like a different delivery. And I wouldn't be surprised if like that was what he was referring to. Because I noticed it like halfway through, I'm like, oh, he's kind of like acting a little bit different yeah. as Reed, huh. where it's not so like so painfully obvious that he's terrible. <laughs> so incompetent. They realized that that joke couldn't sustain. Like they like how do you have a functional show with an actor that's supposed to be 
completely terrible. Like if it would just kill the comedic timing of other bits. So they right. might like he has to up. like he has That's to exist possible. in a scene sometimes. He yeah. can't like yeah. always bring it down. Yeah. He's perfect. He's so funny. I love him. All right. Anything else you want to throw out there? As I said, uh, this is a comedic focus for the episode. So this is usually how it goes. We did touch upon some uh, some world building and, and references and stuff as well. Watch would it you, with the kids. I, we've talked a movie. I mean, I would love to see. I, I would love to see something. I, I think they talked, like you said, like about a second season at one point. But I don't think it ever came to yeah. fruition. Well, I, I think maybe they would have considered it but i think it just like it wasn't picked up for something what did you say ryan i don't remember a moment ago well great now i have to cut that out okay um (laughs) uh yeah they yeah it didn't get picked up they somebody approached them to do a movie but i don't know if it was like the same people like channel four or whatever because if channel four didn't want to do it as a show I don't know that they would want to like, oh, now make a movie. So mm-hmm. I think they like started Dude, they should do a, ideas for it and it just didn't go anywhere. I don't know. They should do a uh, what we do in the shadows, dark place crossover episode. That would oh, be my God. That would be incredible. That would actually there, be a really fun like capper. That would be neat. Yeah. Well, there is technically a spinoff. So uh, for anyone who's interested, i.e. Jack. Um, so there is a show uh, out there called Man to Man with Dean Lerner. So Dean Lerner is the focus of that. And I think it's like six episodes. And so that was in 2006 on Channel 4. And so that's Dean is interviewing other people like, you know, fictitious characters. Um, but his first guest is Garth Marenghi. And Garth Marenghi yes. is like pitching or, or he's he's like um, promoting a movie based on one of his books um, is, is part of it. So I haven't seen that. Um, but so they did continue those characters, at least in that form. And then now this, uh, you know, more recent, like, I don't know, short story collection or novel or whatever it's going to be. I think it's three stories. I think I read. Okay. So man to man with Dean Lerner is out there. So that, that might be fun and worth checking out. Yeah. I'll have to, I'll have to look at that. We need to talk about the two songs in this. Please. There are <laughs> there are two songs. Uh, they are... It, it comes as a surprise. I think the first one is in episode three. Uh, so you've had two episodes with, you know, it's just a show. And then, um, again, as Steve mentioned, they kind of keep upping the ante with uh, each episode. But there's a, there's a song in... Episode three, the the eye child, Skipper the eye child is the name of that episode where the um, eyeball uh, causes a baby to happen. There's a baby eyeball and mm-hmm. Garth becomes crazy about it, tries to raise it as his own child to make up. You forgot for to mention his... that a man births this. Uh, yeah, child. we did. We did. Also, that it causes a baby to happen <laughs> is an interesting turn of phrase. Well, well they specifically in the episode. Why? They're... <laughs> yeah, exactly. In the episode, a man gets pregnant by the giant eyeball. Yeah, which I guess uh, suggests and... that also you kind of does because when the baby's being born, they do a close up. So you're either seeing the close up of like a butthole <laughs> or <laughs> something. Or what, like, Steve? Like, or what? Or a peel. <laughs> or a peel. <laughs> 
Gross. Anyway. We all got uh, one. <laughs> <laughs> we have one right now. <laughs> I don't. I don't. Oh, <laughs> uh, just watch the show, everyone, and that will all make sense. Um, oh, God, there's so much. So he takes this eyeball baby. Oh, they say eyeball in the episode. <laughs> Very good. Uh, not the song that was in there, but an excellent song nonetheless. Um, specifically in the episode, <laughs> while driving in his quote-unquote car, Garth is wondering about how a man could get pregnant. And he says, I guess we'll never know. By which I mean... We never explain it in this episode, so you don't have to wonder about it because it never comes up again. Like, they just, like, very blatantly make it clear. Anyway, he has... He talks about his past with his half-grasshopper child and how he misses him and goes into a song. And it is supposed to be very, like, deep and meaningful, but it is ridiculous, of course. And my favorite line is uh, when all of a sudden in the song... The grasshopper child sings and says, Daddy, don't forget me. And Garth sings back, I haven't, but you're dead. They <laughs> also never explain why he's half grasshopper. Nope. Never explain no, that. No, of course when not. When they first show him, it almost like it almost seemed like he was in like a Halloween costume. Uh, and... I'll bet he is. <laughs> uh, but yes. Well, within the context of the show, <laughs> Jack. I'm your favorite person on this show. <laughs> Take you that, keep, Ryan. <laughs> you keep inviting Jack back. <laughs> um, oh, and he also ends the song with, and one day we'll all meet in Valhalla. <laughs> That's the best, yeah. <laughs> it's so good. Uh, and there's a second song. Anybody want to talk about the second song in the last episode? Well, that's, that's the uh, one that I, I always like. Right? Yeah. It's one tr- isn't it what it's one track lover, right? Yeah. <laughs> yes. I'm a one track lover. Yeah, it's uh it is funny because like I, I think they're driving in the car, uh <laughs> yes, the three of them, yeah. Garth or uh Daglas, uh Sanchez and Liz, and uh Sanch or uh Daglas asks Liz about her hair, I think. And she's like she gets all flattered and She's like, are you asking no, what me on a go, date? What are you doing for dinner tonight? What are you doing for dinner? And she's like, yeah. And she's like, are you asking me on a date? And he's like, no, no. It's like, I'm just, I'm just trying to think of what I'm eating at home. Yeah, trying to think of recipes yeah. or something. Yeah. <laughs> and then, yeah, Sanchez asks, like, or, you know, he's like, you know, I'm free. Uh, and she's like, no, I think I'll wash my hair. And uh, he is, you know, insulted by this. And she has this. a headache. And <laughs> then she has a headache. He's like, all right. <laughs> like, I get it. And then he uh, puts on a tape, and he's like something to change the mood. And then he's like, it's this like song of like, why won't she be mine? And he's like, it's showing that he's pining for Liz, which like up until that point he's been nothing but terrible to her. So it's nothing. a fun turn yep. to be like, actually he's in love with her. Um, I think but there it's were, like a, I think there were a couple indications he was at least attracted to her. We knew. Well, it's always that he, like yeah, when she's like, I'm gonna go take a shower. He's like, I'll meet you there in two sex. Like yeah. it's always like he just wants to. <laughs> banger but yeah. yeah you know so but I, I this is the first time i think where i'm like oh okay he's in love with her but um it's like a 80s sort of like i don't know what you would call it it's almost, like 
Yes, yeah, like a perfect. synth. Yeah, there. Yeah, there it is. Yeah, it's like a synth love ballad um, that uh, Lucian Sanchez is singing for Liz, and it's it's great. I mean, I've listened to it. It's gold. That's the one thing of Dark Place that has stuck with me through the years. Is I still sing that? <laughs> like I'll I'll just be like walking around, <laughs> and like that wife. song will just like pop I was into my that, head. Yes. Sorry. Yeah, <laughs> it's for part of his vows. <laughs> for the rest. Well, of you us. were. You were at you were at my wedding. That's what we what she and I danced to. That was our first dance. Was one yes. track lover. Yeah, yes. I, I want that to be true so badly. That's where we were at. <laughs> I'm gonna let you believe that it's true, Jack. Thank you, thank you. But it's great. I mean, that's the one thing. That is one thing I've seen throughout the years. Is because it, it, it's a music video. It's it's Sanchez doing a music video, and like Dean Lerner pops in as the bartender at one point and does a rap. <laughs> he raps. Um, he does a rap and. Uh, I've always seen that like every year or so somebody somewhere will post the music video for one track lover and it's <laughs> fantastic. So that's, I would just, I, and I saw it recently cause people started going crazy for Matt Berry recently on Twitter. And that was one thing mm-hmm. that I saw a lot of people sharing, uh, was that music video. So it's getting out there. I think it's starting to be seen a little bit more. All right. Thank God. Anything else before we wrap up on Garth Marenghi's Dark Place? Dean only went into medicine for the laughs and the pussy. And that dried up years oh, yeah. ago. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. And on that note, would you <laughs> Garth Marenghi's Dark Place? No. It's stupid. I hated it. No. <laughs> Uh, All right. Well, yes. so next <laughs> was it worth the decade? <laughs> yeah, actually, Linton, we all love it. So I want to know what what is. I wish you could all see Ryan's dead-eyed stare as he's. Been <laughs> <dead>. <laughs> um, Our friendship only hinges on this. Yeah. The answer to this question. Uh, well, I always save it for last, so you guys go first. Mine's always last. Fine. I mean, mine certainly yes. I I. Uh... It's a it's a little it's a little gem. I mean, I could see I could certainly see like some people being tired by the concept of it and like being like maybe like tired of the bit after a while. But I would say to hang in there because it sort of like evens out halfway through. It and it's only the six episodes in like twenty twenty four minutes, so it's not mass a massive undertaking to watch it. Mm-hmm. But like it's some of the best comedy writing. Of like the last twenty years, I could say I that probably pretty confidently. I agree entirely. It is so brilliant. Like I mentioned earlier, so dense. Like visual jokes, audio jokes, uh, actual like verbal jokes. Just it's it's an onslaught of them. It's so good and so well done. And like I went to school and studied, you know, making movies and shows and stuff. So I. Maybe if you didn't or aren't into production stuff like that, you might not appreciate the amount of work that went into this to make it as bad as it is. Uh, but it's on every single level that you look at it, it's brilliant genius. Like, I, I always think of my dad. I bring him up almost every episode to be like, would I recommend this to my dad? And I, maybe. I don't know if he would, like, get it. Um but almost every single one of my peers I have recommended this to. Or um, 
a la Chris Truex, set them down and forced them to watch the first episode. Uh, sorry to my roommate, Megan, who I did that to recently. Not sorry. You're welcome, Megan. Yeah. Did her a service. Yeah, right. that's correct. I recommend it to everyone I can. If you like horror stuff, yeah. If you like funny stuff, yeah. Everybody should watch British it. British stuff. Yeah. British stuff. I forgot it was British. <laughs> Misogyny. Yeah. Like, yeah. Oh, yeah. Punching women. Yeah. <laughs> Hating on the Scots. Yeah. Big giant eyeball monster dongs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's a paddling. I'm always searching for that. <laughs> uh, yes, for myself, uh, yeah, very much so. I will say I probably didn't appreciate it as much as I could have. I'll just say, like, Jack's comment of, like, not watching it all at once is probably apt because I did – I was, like, finishing it right leading up to this episode, just been busy. And so uh, I watched a couple episodes the other day and then uh, was watching the rest here, uh, you know, this evening – um, so I liked it a lot, but yeah, it, it probably would have been better if I would like kind of doled them out a little bit more and mm-hmm. I'll, I'll likely watch it again. I mean, I'm definitely going to watch it again in the future, but I'll likely watch it again, like probably in October or something. Um, and, uh, just give it another go, but yeah, it's a lot of fun. It deserves the accolades it gets and the, the cult following that it has uh, garnered and that, uh, novel or collection of stories or whatever the hell it is sounds very intriguing and uh, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm very tempted because, um, you know, I mean, it's it's likely going to be some just very solid comedy writing for like two to three hundred pages. And that's that's very interesting. You know, if somebody like, oh, that's a good enough writer of that level um, doing something in prose, which you don't see tons and tons of. So um, curious to see that. Uh, so, yeah, recommendation for me. Uh, and that is that for our first Halloween offering um, brings us to can I find this? Uh, so it is on DVD, but unfortunately it is not on Region 1 DVD. It is oh. on the British, I think, Region 2. Um, so you would need to have um, <laughs> you need to have like a region-free Blu-ray or DVD player, um, which I plan on getting sometime soon. So I will uh, likely be picking this up and be able to watch it actually that way. But unfortunately it's not on Blu-ray. Um, so maybe if it, uh, maybe if this novel does well or, you know, Matt Berry continues to be prominent, maybe they'll finally like put this on Blu-ray or something. And then as far as where to find it, I was seeing Amazon prime Peacock and Pluto TV. YouTube. Uh, I don't, what's that? YouTube. It's free. Are they on YouTube? Yeah. It's been on YouTube yeah. for like a decade. Yeah. Yeah. It's not great on yeah. YouTube. It's no. not. I recommend Prime if you can. I've been missing yeah. out. So yeah, I think I think people just, just upload Jeff all Bezos. The episodes, I feel gross right? about that. It's not like uh, people just upload all the episodes. It's not like a, an official release. Right? Oh God, no. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, because like there are things that are put on YouTube that you can like buy, you know, and stream sure, and that no, kind of thing. So. No. Uh, so apparently it's on there as well. Uh, but yeah, like I said, uh, DVD is only, uh, non region one and there is no Blu-ray currently. All right. So that wraps us up for Garth and Rangi's dark place. We will be back with uh, a very different, uh, offering here. We're going to be looking at a very early Michael Mann film called the keep. So join us for that episode coming up next. <laughs>